Hey guys, this is Sonali Mangal, your host for today's show. And that was not me singing that song, although I wish I could sing that well. That is Audrey Prue. She is an up-and-coming pop singer and songwriter, and she is our guest on today's show. That was her singing her latest song Try from her new album Colors. And on today's show, Audrey is going to talk to us about building a career as a singer. Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide, does a certain job sound interesting to them? And if yes, how do they go about exploring it further? And as you heard, on today's show, our guest is Audrey Prue, an up-and-coming pop singer and songwriter who is going to be talking to us about building a career as a singer. And Audrey recently released her first music video for her song Try, which has already reached over a million views on Facebook. She released it in December 2015, so it's really quite a milestone and an achievement for Audrey in a very, very short period of time. And if you check out Audrey's bio on her website, you can check out her website at audreyismusic.com. Audrey says that, like all girls, Audrey's dream was to be a Disney princess. And it still is today. So that is something that we're going to definitely talk more about with Audrey during our discussion. Coming to her music, Audrey describes her music as Taylor Swift meets Frozen. But what's really unique about Audrey and what really stands out about her is that she has a very unique background, especially for a singer. So she has a bachelor's in computer science from Stanford University. She also has an MBA, again, from Stanford, and she also has a master's in computer science, again, from Stanford University. So she is a very, very talented individual in a number of different ways. And this is precisely what she uses to differentiate herself. So Audrey says that she draws upon her Silicon Valley tech and business background to approach her music career in a very fresh and entrepreneurial fashion. So I think today's discussion with Audrey is going to be a great one for anyone who has an interest in building a career in the music industry, or even for someone who has an interest in just learning more about what goes into building a career as a singer. So I really hope you enjoy today's discussion. And without further ado, let's welcome Audrey to the show. Hey, Audrey. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me to your place. We are right now sitting in your home studio. Yes. So, okay, my very first question, how does it feel to have a music video with over a million views? It feels pretty crazy. Uh, it. I mean, I, I've posted a lot of videos for a number of years and I've gotten lots of views on, on a number of them, but a million is pretty cool, especially because it's a million on something that's an original song. So that it's very exciting, especially because music's something I've, I've always loved. And 
it definitely, as you said, it's a great milestone for me. Yeah, yeah. And you wrote the song yourself. I wrote the song, wrote the lyrics and melody and chords for the song, uh, and then worked with a, a great producer in LA on the instrumental track. But, I see, yeah. I see. So you reached a million views in just what? Like, uh, just a months? few months. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Thank you. I, so I would definitely love to go into more detail around how you achieved that. Like, did you do anything special or it just happened? But my second question, again, something I'm very curious about, is that you say that your dream is to be a Disney princess, yes. <laughs> which is pretty unique. So, so tell us more about that. Sure. Well, I mean, I think as my bio says, like all little girls, I love Disney. I think anyone loves Disney. It's I've, I've, Disney princesses are, are Do fun. Do you have and, like a favorite? Oh, absolutely. Elsa is my favorite. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, I actually spent, spent the day today, earlier today, doing a collaboration on a cover of a song from Frozen, uh, videoing in my Elsa costume all around Stanford oh, really? campus. So that was wow. a very, a very interesting afternoon singing around Stanford campus in my Elsa costume. I'm sure there were a lot of people looking at you. A lot of people <laughs> filming and wanting to take pictures with me. So that was kind of, if you want to feel like a celebrity at Stanford, I guess, dress up like a character from Frozen. But yeah, I think I always loved Disney. And although I'm, my music is primarily you know, it's in the pop genre, what I consider it is pop with a splash of Broadway and Disney. And so I love being able to still have that Disney influence on my pop music. And I think, as you said, Taylor Swift meets Frozen. I think those are sort of the two biggest uh, areas, you know, Taylor Swift, the biggest person in pop and Frozen, the biggest movie in Disney. And those are my two, two of my top favorite types of music. And I love kind of putting them together. So how did you, how did you select this sort of brand for yourself or differentiation for yourself? Yeah, so I think in terms of brand of the the type of music is just the type of music that I, I, I write a ton of music, I, I write every day, and that's just sort of the kinds of songs that I tend to write. It, it sort of just falls into that that category of mm. pop, but you can mm. definitely hear the, the hint of Broadway in Disney. In terms of brand, I've focused a lot. I think the Disney Princess brand is sort of something I've focused. I consider my brand to be a very wholesome positive role model, happy image mm-hmm. that I think the nice thing is it's, I, I think, very authentic to who I am. Okay. I am a very positive and, and happy and bubbly person and wholesome person. So I definitely can be myself. But I also think if you look at the music industry, I really think that there is a need for a positive and a positive role model in the industry and a oh, positive sure. role model for young girls. Do you have a target audience in mind? Like, is there someone sure. that you... Sure, yeah, I think, I mean, I always hope that my music can touch everyone, but in terms of the the real focus is teenage girls. Teenage girls, yeah. okay. And do you have an idol? Like, a, a, someone that you really... Yeah, admire? so, well, my favorite band is One Direction. I love One Direction. Okay. But in terms of someone, I think that I really that I look at and I sort of study what she does is Taylor Swift. I think she's not, what I think is incredible about her is she obviously is a tremendous singer, amazing songs. I love all her music, but she's built something so much bigger than just her music. Her brand is an empire and it's, it's really whoever, whether it's her or her marketing people or her team or whatever, they've just built something enormous that I think is really, really impressive. Yeah. So you're, what you're saying is that not only does she have her music, she has all of these other things going on around her brand. Absolutely. Which you really admire. Yeah. And okay. I, you know what? I study her. I follow her on social media and I actually look at her page and I kind of study and see what is she what does she do? And she's someone who uh, I think interacts very well with her fans and yeah. she has all these very loyal fans. And so I've also sort of look and see what has she done that works. And I try to 
try to use that. Can you give us an example? I think the connecting with fans, I think it's obviously for her, it's she can't respond to everyone. I try to respond to all my fans when I get messages, but I think she just really, I, I, I don't know specifics, but I know she has... Maybe she has like slumber parties or she has fans oh, over right. to, to her. That. She yeah, does yeah. things like that that I think just make her fans really feel like they, she cares about them and then, and that they can connect with her. Yeah. And so, and she, as someone who's just massive, still manages to do that. Obviously, yeah. I'm not at that level yet, but I think that that's something I've focused on a lot is yeah. trying to, especially on social media, engage with my fans and, message them back and have build a relationship That's with awesome. them yeah. yeah so can you give us examples of the kind of messages you've received from your fans yeah there's you know more recent i think since releasing my music video i kind of all of a sudden have uh have a following of super fans which is wow. kind of crazy and i never really thank you i've never really i mean i guess i kind of hoped that that would happen one day but uh yeah it's it's kind of funny i'll get i'll get some very 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 excited fans uh a lot of them, I have a lot of fans in the Philippines, interestingly, and they mm. like to call me Miss Audrey. So Miss Audrey. I'll get, oh, you know, oh my God, Miss Audrey, you're my idol. I love you so much. And just very, lots of hearts and smiley wow. faces and just very, very excited fans, which is, wow. which is great. I mean, yeah. that must be very gratifying, right? It is. Yeah. And then I, and then I, then I think one of the things is then when I do respond to them, I've gotten a lot of messages back from, from them saying, wow, I can't believe that you responded to me no other singer has ever responded to me before and you're so, doing this yourself right now all all of the social media stuff is all on my own wow. yeah so like on an average on a day how much time do you spend on social media you know it really varies i don't think there's kind of one set kind of day-to-day thing i always do have to carve out a chunk of time kind of when my when i first was releasing the music video it was a lot more time i'd spend on that my focus is is shifted a little bit uh to more kind of content creation and recording you know currently this summer more than the social media stuff but I still I'm all you know I'm always every day I'm posting something I'm looking at the the data Facebook is great it gives you the data on what times of day are best to post what types of posts that I've made perform the best and so I can sort of look at that and see yeah. what does best and sort of try to think creatively to to get people to engage with yeah. my page yeah all right so I have so many questions on this. So, mm-hmm. but before we sort of jump the gun, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey so far. I'm very curious about, you know, when you really got into, like, when did you develop your interest in music? So yeah, just walk us through your yeah. journey. Sure. So, so actually it started when I was two. When I was two years old, I heard Vivaldi's The Four Seasons mm-hmm. uh, and somehow for whatever reason, I loved it and I told my mom, I want to take violin lessons. And she said, no, you're when two. You were two years? When I was two years wow, old. Okay. And she said, no, my mom ha- had played violin uh, previously also, and she was a great violinist. So I don't know if there was some inspiration from there, but I don't know. But I heard, I heard the four seasons and I said, I want to play violin. She said, no. And I continued badgering her for a year. And finally, when I turned three, she said, fine, I will let you take violin lessons. So she looked around and found a violin teacher who was willing to teach a three-year-old and who is actually, I don't really take lessons uh, currently, but was my same violin teacher since I was three, Carol Cooch. She's phenomenal. And she was willing to teach a three-year-old. Uh, my mom drove me 30 That's minutes each amazing. way, twice a week for two 15-minute lessons a week because that was my attention span at the time. <laughs> I had a tiny little tenth-size violin. And 
that was sort of where it started. I, I obviously wanted to jump in and just play the four seasons. And, and Carol, my teacher, was very patient with a three-year-old who just wanted to jump into the, the hard stuff. She, I think she made, uh, I think she made an easy version of the four seasons for me to, to work on. And I kind of, over the years, eventually played all the seasons uh, as I got better. <laughs> but that was sort of, I think that was the start of my musical journey was as a three-year-old violin. And then a couple years later, I, when I was five, I wanted to... Uh, start playing piano so I started taking piano and then I had said at Bing Nursery School I went to Stanford uh, Stanford's Bing Nursery School I had what? a wonderful you're, you're like a Stanford Stanford yeah <laughs> so I guess I technically went to Stanford as a as a three-year-old right but uh, they had I had a wonderful teacher named Beth Wise who was uh, another musical inspiration in terms of singing and she would play the guitar and I'd sing so I think at a very young age I just was surrounded by music and sort of over the years eventually picked up viola and played in a symphony with viola and some guitar and actually most recently drums so lots of music but I think my my sort of passion for music really started at a young age and was although I obviously as a three-year-old wasn't thinking about a career in anything <laughs> at that point but I think it was just something early on that I just was very passionate about. Yeah, and like, do you do you have music in your family, or this just happened somehow? Uh, not so much. My, I mean, my family is very. My, we're all, you know, we're from Silicon Valley. My parents are engineers. My brother is also computer science at Stanford. Uh, my aunt actually is very. She's probably the most musical in my family. She used to be a, a tremendous singer as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, she's big into the Broadway. So I think I, I get a lot of my love of musical theater from her. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I think it was. It, yeah, I guess I'm a little bit the odd one out. It just happened. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, like, how many instruments do you play now? Uh, I play a lot of instruments. I mean, the instruments I really play is, I guess, violin, viola, piano, drums, guitar, and singing. But I've I actually collect musical instruments from different countries. So I will often select where I might want to go on a trip based on an instrument. So one time I went to go to Scotland to get bagpipes. I actually took bagpipe lessons for a little while. Wow. Uh, so yeah. I play lots of it. I don't I don't know how well I play those other didgeridoo and bagpipes and mandolin and that oh, kind yeah. of things. But I do have those instruments. This is amazing. Yeah. So and and singing again is something which just uh, it was that again from a young age or yeah I think it's again started at being nursery school just for fun and then I think actually when I was in first grade I it was my first band sort of we were called the Backstreet Girls so we sang Backstreet Boys songs so are you a fan of Backstreet Boys? I love Backstreet Boys I think it used to be the Backstreet Boys now it's One Direction so boy bands for me but yeah so I think it was just kind of music all around and then eventually singing was the the I guess instrument that really stuck the most but I do I still love playing all of my different instruments how would you describe your style of music now pop with a splash of Broadway and Disney okay and that that's evolved over a period of time or that's just how you know I think that's I mean in terms of my you know other instruments I play you know classical violin things like that but in terms of the singing I think it's just somehow that that's just I've been writing songs since I was very young since I was six I guess and that's just the kind of music I think it's because the kind of music I like to listen to I like pop music I like Broadway music and I like Disney music and so somehow those have sort of meshed together into this sort of hybrid genre I suppose yeah so you I mean you're a singer you're a songwriter how would you like if you were to describe to like a five-year-old what you do how would you describe what you do that's interesting because I think there's so much beyond the singing, actually. So on the, there's the, the definitely the creative side. What I do is I'm writing constantly. I'm recording. I'm trying to collaborate with other musicians. Uh, I'm performing. I have a band. And so I'm doing the, all the music side. But 
there's just as important as the business side. And that's a lot of marketing and branding and figuring out how do I best promote my Audrey brand and my album and that sort of thing. So that's equally important is that kind of that kind of business area and hence the my business school background yeah so i mean that was going to be my next question which is that you have an mba mm-hmm. you also have a cs degree yeah. but you also have an mba <laughs> yeah is that typical for a singer i don't think so i don't think that's very typical i don't know that i've ever met another aspiring pop singer with an mba or yeah. who is focusing on yeah, that me neither <laughs> i've not met or read about that. yeah <laughs> so, so was that intentional on your part yeah it was intentional i think i Come, you know, coming from a Silicon Valley background, I definitely have. There's, I'm surrounded by this strong entrepreneurial culture, which I think is really exciting. But I, I knew I wanted to pursue a career in singing, and one of the things that's really hard is that there's so much luck involved, no matter what you do. And uh, so I was part of the pilot program at Draper University of Entrepreneurs. Uh, it's an entrepreneuring program run by Tim Draper, and one of the things you learn is as an entrepreneur, how do you differentiate yourself? That's one of the big things. Mm. And so I went through this program and I thought, wait a minute, okay, how do I differentiate myself in singing? How can I kind of think in that in that same entrepreneurial mindset in a singing career? And what do I have that other singers don't? And so I thought, well, actually what I, what I do have that other people don't is that I have this Silicon Valley CS and business background and that's not typical. And so I thought, how can I, how can I use that to my advantage? And then I sort of thought, well, rather than taking an approach, which I see a lot of, I think I see a lot of aspiring singers do is you just move to LA and hope to get discovered, Mm. which is just so entirely based on luck, essentially. Then instead, I thought, how can I maybe actually approach this from a Silicon Valley perspective and think of it like a startup in terms of what's my product? My product is myself my album how do I market it how do I brand it and and think of it really like like a startup and so that that was that was kind of what inspired me to get my MBA yeah no so tell us more this is this Mm -hmm. is very very interesting right so tell us more in terms of how has this thinking about yourself and your music Mm -hmm. as a product and as a startup how has that manifested itself what kind of things do you do which are very unique to you Sure. Well, first of all, I think it's really odd. It's very odd to think of myself as as yeah. my product. It's just a kind of a interesting mindset I have to wrap my wrap my head around. But I think the things that I do, I the branding is something I really have focused on because I think that in terms of promoting, obviously there's the music side of it, but there's a ton of great music and millions of great singers and songwriters out there. And so, you know, I've got my songs, but the way I need to differentiate myself, I think, is, is with my brand. And as I mentioned before, Taylor Swift, I think, has done a tremendous job of branding herself. And if you look at the music industry, there's Taylor Swift is not the same as Katy Perry is not the same as Carly Rae Jepsen is not the same as Lady Gaga. They're all very different brands. And so I sort of tried to think about, okay, where what's my brand and where do I fall on that kind of spectrum you can't, I can't just be the same as someone else. How to, what, what's my brand and, and how can I sort of use that to, Mm. to gain a following? And Mm. so uh, the social media is something I focused a lot on, I think. Uh, and I've tried to, I've tried to get creative, I think a lot with my, with my branding. So I, uh, I will do, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of try, do a lot of trial and error on my, on my social media in terms of what posts do well. One thing I do, so my album's called Colors. Mm. And so I 
I do colored eyeshadow Fridays. And so I'll do, I'll let the fans vote on what different colored eyeshadow I wear on Friday and then I'll post a picture. And, and surprisingly those posts pretty much outperform all other posts that I do on my social media. So that's been an interesting interesting thing. Or I'll do a fan of the week. And so, uh, you become, you become, become fan of the week by, liking or sharing or commenting on posts or inviting friends and then you win a private video message from me if you're a fan of the week so different things oh, like that and I think a lot is with is engaging with the fans and trying to think of kind of scrappy ways to engage with people on social yeah. media that's really instead cool. of just posting yeah. random things yeah no I mean that makes a lot of sense so like do you have some like some social media products i guess which you use a lot like facebook versus twitter versus snapchat mm-hmm. yes yeah, uh facebook's the biggest one i mm-hmm. think I, I i have all the social media accounts because i just figure it's good to have them especially with the target audience of teenage girls social media is a big thing uh another thing actually i thought about side note on the social media is i tried to think about what should be my social media handle and have a consistent handle for all platforms mm-hmm. i think is important and so audrey is music is the one that i came up with and i I, that took a while, actually. I had to try various different, you know, Audrey that was taken, uh, you know, Audrey Music, official Audrey, that some things yeah. would be available on Twitter but not available on Facebook. So Audrey is Music uh, was something that was available on everything. Because oh, then point. I think, because then it's easier for people to, if I say, oh, visit me on social media at anything with the username Audrey's it's Music. The same thing everywhere. Yeah, okay. but Facebook's the biggie because I think. Uh, it Facebook's really striving to prioritize videos right now, and yeah, so I think my my uh, my music video obviously got a million views on Facebook, and you can interact with people more. Snapchat I'll use a lot as well, but I think that's just now becoming a thing where people it, where where people will follow uh, people that they're fans of mm-hmm. and and singers. Uh, I think it's it's evolving into that, so I think that'll become increasingly bigger. Yeah. But I think the Facebook's where I can really post the content that I'm creating. Yeah. Yeah, this is very good. So I was looking at your Facebook page, and I think you have something like twenty three point nine thousand, something, something like that. Like yeah, that, like close to it's growing. 000, yeah. yeah. So how long did it take for you to build that audience? Yeah, you know, the, that's kind of funny. I'm trying to think what it. I mean, I don't think I had that many prior to the music video. The music video was the big thing that grew the audience and it was a funny story actually uh so i released this music video and i think this is how it also got to reach a million views as well um i so released the music video and i had uh and you know started getting some people viewing it not too many at first but i had a fan ask if i would make her a fan sign and i didn't know what that was and she said oh take a picture of yourself holding my name on a piece of paper so i said okay i'd never heard of it so i take this picture i post it and then suddenly I just get just hundreds more requests for these fan signs out of the blue. And so I start making them and it just keeps on growing and growing. And people and, and as the views are growing and the likes are growing, I think because people are sharing the fan signs on their page. Yeah. And this was this girl's from the Philippines, so this kind of spread into the How Philippines. Did you get- so many fans. I don't, but I think it's the fan signs. So I think somehow I got a random person who was a fan from the Philippines. I made her a fan sign. And then what I started doing is say, is responding to the request for fan signs. I couldn't do all of them because I was, I would have hundreds a day. I mean, it was ridiculous actually. And so what I would do is respond and say, Hey, in order to get a fan sign, here's what you have to do. Number one, like my Facebook page. Number two, share my music video on your page. And then you get it. Okay. So okay. I managed to, in this way that, cost me very little because I and I you know I'd thought about oh can I incentivize people with 
free shirts or things like that. But I was actually able to incentivize people with a fan sign, something that cost me nothing. And and they would do it. And then they'd message me back, say, I I did what you asked. And then I make them the fan sign. But then they you know, they share the video and they share the fan signs and then their friends all do it. And so, and I think that's how it grew in the Philippines, which was very unexpected and very interesting. Yeah, you're Miss Audrey in Philippines. Yes, Miss Audrey, yep. (laughs) That's so sweet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, uh, from your LinkedIn profile, I saw that you might be, you've been doing this for about six six to seven years or so, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So was it a decision at all? Like, you know, should I do this? Should I do something else? Or was it just something that you loved so much that it was just the obvious thing that you wanted to spend your time on yeah so well I think it was the it's hard to it was hard to put a start date on the LinkedIn because I've always as Hmm. as a three-year-old had been doing music but I guess that's probably I think it was probably college that I started really thinking about a career I think I had had lots of passions and music was always one of them but I loved music and in high school I also really loved math and science and golf as well I played golf at Stanford and so I entered Stanford and as a freshman took some computer science classes loved it decided to major in computer science was also doing music and actually and, and met my various bandmates during freshman year so that was my first I guess I had some you know little band as a 6 year old but my first real band and so started playing with them and I was writing and that, and uh, I think two things happened. Number one, I took some music classes at Stanford and had just some really tremendous mentors. Uh, the biggest being my professor, Mark Applebaum, who teaches a class called Rock, Sex and Rebellion I took. <laughs> and he was just an inspiration and, and became a mentor for me and worked with me and was just so encouraging of me pursuing a career in music. And I think the other thing that happened was I then, I still, I think kind of early college wasn't really thinking again about a career in anything yet. I was just sort of doing, doing my own thing. And I interned at Adobe uh, as a programmer uh, doing data science in, I think it was after my junior year and after my sophomore, junior, one of those. (laughs) And, uh, and I loved it. It was great. It was a really great experience. Had a, fabulous time but I by the end of the summer realized that even though it was a fabulous internship it just wasn't what I was passionate about and so I think that was a big turning point for me was saying okay I really do love computer science and it was a great experience but music's my passion if I'm going to actually go forward thinking about a career I've got to do what I'm passionate about and that's music yeah yeah. so it was just a matter of sort of this what you love Mm-hmm. Like, was there anything that you were afraid of, nervous about? Will it work out? Because it's probably mm-hmm. one of the most competitive and yeah. selective yeah. industries, right? I think that, of course, the big thing that's nerve-wracking is that there is, no matter what, there's so much out of your control. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's tough. But I think Draper University was another big one where Tim Draper said to us, fail and fail again to, until you succeed and kind of follow your passion. And so that was just to hear from to hear from a, a very influential person that you just have to you just have to go for it 110% and you can't be worried about failing i think was was inspirational and it, yeah inspired me to say i'm just going to continue working at it and yeah. not give up yeah 
So uh, let's get to sort of the details of, I guess, producing an album or maybe even producing just a song. Sure. So what are the key elements that someone has to think about? Yeah. So of course you have to start with the song itself. So the so- all the songs on on Keller's I wrote, and so I think there are different songwriting processes. My process is I write the piano, so I'll sit, I'll write the lyrics uh, and the melody and the chords. Uh, How long does that take usually? There is such a variation. I'm I tend to be a pretty quick songwriter. I think because I do write all the time. I try to write something every day, but some songs will just come to you. Uh, I remember my song Color came to me I actually sometimes I I feel like I write songs in my sleep I kind of woke up in the morning and had uh, and just had inspiration for the hook of color but it's kind of interesting because I think there's different processes I I think the hook of color I it just came to me then I sat down at the piano to try to write the rest of the chorus and I had had this other melody I'd been working on for a different song that I ended up not using that I was like whoa actually that fits in well with color and then that fit there and then so but then you know so then kind of the rest of it flowed very quickly and I finished the song but then the bridge wasn't quite right so I that then kind of took me another week where what I was the really bridge? the bridge ah. it's another part of the song okay so and, and so that was something I kind of had to really work at so I think some songs sort of come to you or some elements of songs come come to you for me I I tend to get inspired at random times during the day and so I always if I have an idea, I have my phone and I'll take out my voice memos and record the idea, whether it's... Uh, oh, so you record voice memos. Yeah, so I have thousands okay. of voice memos of different okay. uh, different uh, ideas. It was actually interesting. I was I had taken from my mentor, Mark Applebaum, uh, first year of GSP, I had taken a songwriting class with him and had and had written color as actually my midterm song for that class which then ended up being on the album but then a year later uh, i was asked by him to come and be a, a guest speaker or a guest teacher for his for this same class and i actually went through That's and nice. had the voice memos still <laughs> and so was able to play That's for really the class cool. and really it mean the great thing about the voice memos is that it shows exactly this is how the song was written this was the steps this That's is how it evolved that's, that's so cool wow yeah i mean that's it's almost like a diary a diary of a song mm-hmm. right yeah exactly yeah. so the key elements one is the song itself yeah right? so the first right so the first element is the song so you write the song and then you need a producer and that was something that i learned uh along i think one of the reasons it took me a number of years before i i actually had an album out is i had tried self-producing and it it was fine. I, and I'm getting, that's something I'm still working on is getting better at producing, but I sort of realized, okay, I can produce these songs myself and they sound good. But if I'm actually trying to compete with Taylor Swift, I need that level of quality. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are better than I am at producing. And so So just a quick clarification, when you say song production, exactly what does that mean? Right. So that means the basically creating number one, creating the instrumental track to go with the song Mm -hmm. and also mixing and mastering and taking the recording and just putting it all together. So I, yeah, so, uh, and that's a totally different skill than mm. songwriting. It's an important skill, and I think it's it's valuable. But I think I learned you can't sacrifice quality. So it took me a while. Number one, to I had these songs, but you could have the greatest song in the world that you sit and play piano to, but if you don't have professional Taylor yeah. Swift quality producer, then it doesn't it doesn't mean doesn't work. anything. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. And so it took me a while to actually find great producers to work with but so in terms of structure of the song right so the whole process so number one write the songs then I found a producer I actually worked with two producers and then 
they were down in LA actually. And so I would, a lot of stuff can be done remotely from I'm up in Silicon Valley. And so I would send them then recordings of myself singing and playing piano and sort of talk with them about what's our vision for the song and in terms of, you know, the vibe, the instrumentals, then they would create the instrumental track. Then I would, we'd sort of go back and forth and tweak it and make it, make it perfect. And then fly down and record with them. And then there's other stuff they have to do mixing and then you have to get it mastered and all this sort of stuff. So it's, it's kind of a long process and a lot comes, there's, there's a lot that goes into it post actually writing the song. Yeah. So, and at the end of this process, what you would have is the final song, which Mm -hmm. can then be sort of shared or sold or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, if you were to sort of, what is the longest it has taken you? to get this song in place from writing the song to actually getting someone to produce it and then go oh. to the entire process to that. Yeah. Place. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot. The big, the big constraint is finding a producer that you work well with. And so I had, as I said, I had first, I'd started trying to just self produce and that was fine, but I realized quickly it just wasn't mm. quite right. But then to actually find someone who's a good producer is really is difficult. And I had found a couple that I worked with who were fine and I think talented producers, but they didn't really vibe well. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, it's important that you have a producer that really shares your vision of the song. And so uh, it ended up being a, my voice teacher went to her high school reunion and one of her friends happens to be a big time producer in LA. So she and connected me with him okay. and I sent him some of my songs and he liked them. And so he, I worked with both him uh, and he had another producer friend, so I worked both of them on the album. And it was, I remember it was crazy. For, Try was the first song that I had done on for, for my album. And uh, Juan, the producer, I sent him the recording of me singing and playing piano on Try. And I told him I want to have sort of a Christina Perry type feel. And he said, okay, yeah, I think I get, I think I, I know what, you, what you're saying. And I remember this, the first, you know, maybe a week or so later, he sent me back. Hey, here's sort of what I'm thinking for the instrumental. This is just sort of like a rough idea. What do you think? And I remember listening to it for the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, he's just captured exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it, that was a pretty magical moment because until then I, I'd had all of my songs and I've been writing for years and I had in my head what I wanted them to sound like, but to actually hear my song that all, any, everyone else had only heard play, me singing, playing piano, to actually hear it produced professionally and capturing exactly what I wanted it to be. It was yeah. just amazing. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you don't mind sharing, can you tell us maybe a range of how much does it cost to actually produce a song? That's a huge variation. Yeah. So, of course, you can, if you do yourself, or you can do it for free. Uh, I, I mean, if you're, if you're working with an up-and-coming producer, I could imagine them charging you very little. Mm-hmm. I know, a couple hundred even. Oh. And then all the way up to a top producer could be, you know, 10,000 or more and so yeah per song so it's a huge range and I think the important thing for me that I recognize is you really can't sacrifice quality Mm -hmm. and so I think it's important to also know what to think about what can you do yourself and and when do you have to outsource and so that's something sort of you just have to figure out so you know I thought okay maybe I can produce it myself but then I realized no that's oh, that's yeah. something that it's it's so important that the quality is high there that I really need to 
you know, yeah. and that's and it's worth the investment to spend the money to get a professional quality right. song. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. So that was my other question. Also, that you so you said that took you a long time to find that amazing mm-hmm. producer, right? Yeah, and you do not come from a family of who's been in the music industry, no. right? so you didn't have those connections. <laughs> right. Which is, I'm guessing, one of the biggest things you need, Mm -hmm. right? So how did you build those connections? Yeah, it was very, it's very tough and it took a long time because I have a lot of connections in tech, Silicon Valley, but nothing. My parents and I, no one in music. Mm. And it was a lot of just constantly being on the lookout for who might know someone. And I think not being afraid to ask too. I had a couple friends of mine I know that are just very connected people and I reached out to them directly and said, hey... You're one of the best connected people that I know. Do you know anyone in the music industry? And they had people and my parents would ask their friends. And by, I, I think just by kind of being on the lookout and, and asking, not being afraid to ask it, people are always happy to, to talk to you. And I think people want to, people want to help you. They want to offer advice. And so just being, oh, being aware and then jumping on those opportunities. And then once you, I think, I think once I kind of have, once I, for example, the first big connection I think was the uh, the producer that my voice teacher knew. Once you, once I have him, then he has then he other people. So it's you. really that getting that in. But I, I think there's what is it, six degrees of separation. So I do think there's always ways to find people, yeah. and it's just you just have to to look yeah. and yeah. and see. What I mean, you that's can find. how I found you. I think you and mm-hmm. I have a common connection in GSB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you can so somehow yeah. find people. Yeah. And there's and I think that's another thing is that there's such a big difference. Just having, even if it's a, a distant connection, it makes a huge difference. One of the, an agent that I I had been trying to reach an agent uh, and had emailed him and called and I hadn't gotten anything, and then managed to find someone. My dad's friend knew someone who worked with the guy, uh-huh. and I got an inter- And the next week, I had a meeting with him. Yeah. So because yeah. suddenly you're like, I think I can trust this person if he or she yeah, or it's worth my time. Yeah, worth my time. It's yeah, not yeah. just a random person. Right, yeah. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. So going back to the elements, so there's the actual song. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when you say that you were done writing the song, is that just lyrics, or is there also some sort of you have a tune in mind? Yeah, lyric. When I, when I consider a song finished writing, when I lyrics, melody, and chords, meaning I could sit at the piano and play the song. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you. That just comes to you naturally. Most of my songs do just come to me. I actually find most of the time when I, when I, if you just really try to force it, it's not as good. Most of the time, you have to. I mean, you have to be inspired. It is a creative thing. So if you're inspired and it comes out more quickly, then it's it tends to be a better song than something you really just try to grind and work at. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and I'm, this is probably like a very contrite question, but I'm, and I'm sure you get it a lot, mm-hmm. but is there something like source of inspiration for you? Hmm, that's an interesting... I mean, I, my songs are all drawn from my own life experiences. And so I think that's my, I think that's my inspiration is just taking my my own experiences and putting them into song and also on top of that then hoping that other people can relate to them when they listen to my songs yeah okay all right so in terms of the elements of songwriting then the Mm -hmm. song production what else yeah so so songwriting song production do that a bunch then you've got an album uh and then to release the album it's not that hard you just actually go through an aggregator so there's the main ones are called TuneCore and cd baby so i use TuneCore, and you just go you submit uh, you submit it on mm. your 
on TuneCore.com, and then they put it out on iTunes, Spotify, etc. I see. Also, they put it in, in these different distributors. Mm-hmm. And they, and they do that automatically, so you have it all in one place. So that's very helpful. So theoretically, you could just just keep... And actually, I guess theoretically, you could even then just post your songs on SoundCloud or something like that. So from just the sort of musical side, that's, that's the main thing. But the big element for me, once I actually finished all the songs for my album, is... The, the branding part and so actually and so another thing I tried to do with my again with my Silicon Valley approach was to meet with people who know about marketing even if they're not music marketing and this, I met with one person in particular who uh, worked for a tech company but was just a marketing genius and I went I was gonna just I thought he might just have a couple pieces of advice and I went went up to San Francisco met with him and he just he had this whole marketing plan for me. It was crazy. Wow. It kind of, yeah. it was, it was just. Can you share some specifics? Sure. So that? yeah. So he, uh, so he works for his name's Greg Sklut. He works for a company called NetPulse. And the big thing I think was number one was having a, a, a logo, a recognizable logo, because hmm. it's all about branding. So having a logo, having like. Do you have a logo? I, I do have a logo. Yeah, I should check you it can, out on your Facebook. Yeah, page. on my Facebook page, it's an Audrey logo. And the cool thing, and, and actually, what Greg said was have a logo, but also, if possible, a logo that also has a symbol associated with it. And so, oh, is it the the A? So the A, exactly. Oh, okay. So a logo and having a professional quality website and album cover and that that whole sort of branding thing, and that was big. And so, I actually, ended up. Again, this was something that in terms of I thought originally because I was actually focused in graphics and CS. So I do a lot of photography and Photoshop and graphics work. And so I was going to just do my own album cover, my own whatever. And then I said, no, actually, Greg's right. I need to I, – someone else is better than I am at this. So I found someone and and worked with her. And she was amazing. She made all of these – She well, she started off and she made a bunch of potential logos for me, which I then actually – uh, I did market research by actually speaking with different teenage girls and asking oh, asking them, number one, just sort of general asking them what sorts of, mu- how they discover music, how do they like to interact with artists to sort of gauge them better. But I also asked a number of them, choose which of these logos you like best. Can, and, you, can you share what other, so this, this is, I mean, for listeners, they should check out your website. Yes. And it's the A. But did you consider any other alternatives? Yeah, so the the designer Chelsea made a, a number of I think maybe like twelve different logos, mm-hmm. and she and she did a great job also trying to all of the logos were very uh, kind of on brand with this sort of positive Disney ish t- type of vibe. And actually, the the logo that is my current logo was not my favorite one, but it was consistently the one that the mm-hmm. girls that I interviewed liked the best, and I so see. I went with that. And the nice thing about this one is that it did it has there's the Audrey, then there's a line under it uh, for I guess listeners can look this up yeah. if they if they can't see it. But there's the line under it, then there's the line under it, then you can put colors. So it sort of all oh, works. And then if you chop everything off, you have this recognizable A symbol, which I think is which is, is cool because yeah. I can imagine I haven't I haven't done stickers or things so far, but having a, a sticker of an A or things like that, just having a symbol, I think uh, is really interesting because also if you look at I don't think very many singers have recognizable logos. A lot of them, from from my own, you know, looking, Googling, it looks like they have a lot of just their own signatures. Mm-hmm. But if you look at every company has a, has a recognizable logo. And so, again, taking this entrepreneuring approach, I think that was a big thing. I uh, have no yeah. idea. Does Taylor Swift have a logo? 
Not, not really. I've, I've looked. It looks like it's sort of a signature. Or maybe it's... I mean, there's always a design on her album, on her album art, but there's not really a recognizable logo. Whereas Google, everybody knows... Google, the, yeah. Yahoo, everybody yeah. knows those logos. Yeah. So I, I wanted I, to... I did, yeah, I mean, now that you say it, I, I don't think... I've never associated music artists right. with logos, right? Right. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but this goes to your sort of, you consider yourself as the product. Right. And so you have a logo. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And is it the same as your signature? Like, like if you do like the fan sign thing, that would be your so signature. So it's, it's kind of funny. I've actually changed my signature to look more like the logo. Oh, okay. <laughs> my signature did not, but I, I figured, it was funny because I remember the first, there's a kind of first time signing autographs after a show post having this logo and I remember thinking, wait a minute, how am I supposed to sign this? Because my signature was also my full name and my artist name is just Audrey. So after that, I came home and I was like, no, I need a new signature. <laughs> so I just spent some time wow. just writing yeah. Yeah. and trying to make it more look like the, this is the logo. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, going to your this thing that so you consider yourself a startup, this whole thing, a mm-hmm. startup, right? Yeah. And one big thing in Silicon Valley is that like, the success of a startup depends not only on the idea and the product, but also on the team, mm-hmm. right? And so in this, is there something like a team? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's a huge huge element of team. Obviously, the sort of day-to-day stuff, I'm managing myself. I don't have a manager yet. Uh, they say once you need a manager, they'll find you. So yeah, I'm, not really, yeah. I'm not really looking currently. But I think tons of people, the biggest collaborators, the biggest part of my team would be, I think, my band and Mark, my mentor, in terms of my Albert Tommaso, my pianist I've been playing with since freshman year and uh, of freshman year of college and so he's someone that is a huge part of my team and will collaborate with him on songs and we have very similar style we love the pop broadway disney so very similar style so we'll collaborate we'll perform so that's a huge element of it and then mark uh, my music professor is also a collaborator i'll work with him and run ideas by him on on songs but also just he's someone who just I think gives me a lot of inspiration and uh kind of positive encouragement to to keep going forward so there's those people and then other producers and there's co-writing is a big thing actually most songs nowadays are not written by just one person so that's something I've been in the recent months getting more into is go going down to LA and writing with other people which is a lot of fun one how do you find these people it's all kind of finding one person who introduced. So okay. is somebody, somebody introduced me to, yeah, I think my dad's friend was friends with someone who actually was the person who wrote Fight Song, which is one oh, of my favorite cool. songs. So I uh, met up with him and he was great. And he introduced me to someone else who then introduced me to a couple of people to write with. So actually current, a current fun project that I've been working on, uh, down, it's called The Writing Room. It's a couple of really talented songwriters and producers down in LA. Uh, we're working on a song for the Heroic Imagination Project, which is a nonprofit okay. and uh, uh, run by Phil Zimbardo okay. from Stanford. And uh, we were asked to make a song uh, about being your own hero and finding your own heroic strength. And so I was just there uh, just about a month ago writing that song with them. So that's so. But collaboration is great because you you always I think by getting getting other talented people together, yeah, you get a, yeah. you get a better product. Yeah, no, definitely. So you do have a team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think there is not like an official like team, it's but a, there's definitely yeah. a ton of different people oh, that yeah. I am working with and reaching out with. And earlier today, I was recording uh, a duet with another talented singer. And so there's lots of collaboration. And then you can also 
you know, then you your fans become their fans and you yeah. just build a whole network there. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your album, Colors. What is it about? So all the songs are drawn from my life and that they weren't kind of written as, oh, these are the songs that are going to be on the album, but I sort of wrote them all and then one of the songs is called Color and I sort of realized the, that the songs give the way I call it is my songs give a glimpse into the different colors of my life Hmm. so that might be from relationships to pursuing my passion to just different elements of my life okay Mm -hmm. and so you've already gone into how long and how much effort goes into actually producing a song and then getting Mm -hmm. it out there is there any moment or something that stands out in your mind of in getting the album out which you think was very tough from your point of view I think something that's tough is let's uh, let me I'll think on that for a second um hmm well I will say I think something that's it is hard when you are working with a team of people it's I think it's important that everybody's on the same kind of timeline so that is, that is something I think that I I've, I learned a lot from the process but just kind of making sure everybody's clear about and I, I, I didn't really have any real problems. I worked with a lot of really great people, but making sure that everybody you work with is on the same team and everything's really clear about when you want things out and things it's like, like that. Standard yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it's a kind of. I mean, I I've learned a ton about business from yeah. the process of, no, of of releasing an album, which is yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And for you now, I mean, you've already achieved a, a major milestone. Try it at one million views mm-hmm. and growing. Yeah. So do you have something like a next milestone in mind? That's one of the things I think is is toughest is to there's not I wish there was like a milestone that I knew that if I hit this milestone then I will have made it and I've met with various agents and different people in the music industry and the advice I get from everyone is just get more buzz but there's not nobody really has the oh, this is the single path that you should take so it's hard to it's I think it's hard to it's hard to have a specific milestone because I think in the end this sort of abstract buzz is the goal but there's not really a metric and I wish that especially as kind of a a mathy person I really I'm much more comfortable with like metrics and hitting certain marks Uh, but I don't think there I think it's just to continue I mean something going really going viral but there's really no way to measure that so I think it's I think that's one of the challenges is there's just lots of stuff to do and you just got to keep keep trying and there's no there's no way to really know how or when you'll yeah, have just made working, it yeah mm-hmm. yeah no i that, that makes sense. especially in a career like this right there's yeah. no structure there's no well-defined path it's not like right. data scientist you right. know that you know exactly exactly, what to do. exactly. Yeah. so is there something like a typical day for you my days are different every day which is great during the school year obviously i've got school during the day and then we'll be doing my music when I'm not at school. Right now I'm on summer break and so I'm full-time music. Uh, but I think, you know, what's kind of fun is that there's an infinite amount of stuff that I can do and time is the limiting factor. So it's always what what is the best way that I can use my time. And that sort of evolves. So during the process of releasing Colors, there was the whole, obviously my typical day was working on the album. During the music video, it was planning for the music video. Uh, Then kind of after the music video was out, I was spending a lot more time on social media. My big project for this summer, I think, is trying is is working on covers actually, and also obviously always writing. But I'm I'm working a lot on trying to develop my my 
my own production skills and and posting more and more content. So when you, you say covers, co- so covers of other songs. I think obviously I'm still doing my own songs, but you do hear about lots of people who are the YouTube sensations by posting covers of other songs. And so I figured, you know, for the next for sorry, this summer, that's going to be my big focus. So I'm spending time every day trying to record and, and, and record the covers in my own studio here. Um, and then also produce and create the instrumental tracks myself, oh, I which because I think it's another skill that I would love to get better at. So that's a big focus for me. So I'm definitely spending time doing that. I'm, I do write one of the best pieces of, as a, pieces of advice that I ever received. Um, Stanford has something called the Stanford Alumni Mentoring Program, and I was matched with a great uh, mentor, Chris Tin, who's a uh, Grammy-winning composer, and he gave me the advice, you have, you have to write every day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So every day I've always got something with writing and always doing some social media stuff, but I think I sort of shift based on what time of year what is the priority right. will be the sort of the meat of it yeah yeah okay so so cover I, I, and this is where my knowledge of music industry clearly yeah. is not yeah <laughs> but covers is like uh so there, there's a song already out there mm-hmm. and you're creating your own version exactly of it, right yeah right. because and and that's something i also learned from market research talking to teenage girls where do they discover music they actually spend a lot of time going on youtube and looking up covers of you know popular songs and yeah. so that's a way i'm hoping is a way that i can if, if i reduce uh, or if i release a popular a cover of a popular song that someone finds that and then it draws oh, them to my original it. stuff yeah. so it's a way to hone your art as well as attract mm-hmm. more people yeah so we'll see so that's kind of been a lot of it is sort of trial and error and try different things try different marketing yeah. strategies and then yeah. do more of what works so yeah. that's sort of my current thing that i'm trying is yeah the covers thing and we'll we'll see kind of at the end of the summer was that a good use of time or not regardless i i will have gained skills in production so it'll be it'll be valuable anyways but Mm -hmm. and actually just one thing which just struck me so you mentioned that um when you're describing a song production process Mm -hmm. so once you have the song in place then you would submit it to like cd baby or tune core and then they would submit it to spotify etc generally is there like a label in between so there can be it's labels are the music industry is changing a lot it used to be that you would a label was would look and try to find a new artist and develop new Mm. talent now i think i would say it's probably with the because of the internet now more people can get their stuff out there so there isn't as much of a need for a label in addition the labels and agents and etc are not really trying to develop talent they want you to do it on your own Mm -hmm. and so Actually, a piece of advice I've gotten from almost everyone is to not not even try to have a label now because number one, you to get a big time label at at this point, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. But to there's no re- the labels take a lot of your rights away, and so there's not really a reason mm-hmm. to. And so I also think if there's something that I can do on my own, then I. I'd rather keep yeah, my own. Yeah, no, no, just just yeah. to sort of clarify yeah. if at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah. Because, um, and I would imagine YouTube is also another important channel for you, right? Given that you're, you have music videos. Yeah, that's the, that's my current, my big focus now. I, although I have been prioritizing Facebook videos over YouTube videos, Facebook is really trying to make a push to be a next big video platform. Yeah. And they are, 
I think trying to prioritize native Facebook videos over YouTube videos. So for my uh, try music video, I have it on YouTube also, but where it's got the million views is on Facebook because that's the one that I'm trying to get people to share. But I think YouTube is still important. So I think with the covers, I'm posting on both, but I'm hoping, I think YouTube is hard. It's something you just, there's a lot out there and you just, I I think I am hoping by posting more and more that I'll get a bigger following there. Yeah. So it, I mean, now you. I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, mm-hmm. right? Is there something that you wish you knew about working as a singer? I guess that you wish you'd known beforehand. There's actually, actually, also a question from mm-hmm. one of our listeners that something mm-hmm. unexpected that you found out now that you're in it. Huh, let, let me think for a second on that. Um, hmm. I don't think there's really anything super unexpected. I think I knew it would be difficult i think what's unex well what's unexpected is i didn't expect to have so many super fans so quickly so that's kind of cool but i don't you know i don't think there's necessarily anything i wish i knew i think that the whole process i've really learned a lot from about business and music and every everything in the industry by going through the process so i actually think every i've learned a ton but there isn't really anything i necessarily go oh I, if only i'd known that yeah yeah earlier actually on. and is there so you you describe some some of your fans as super fans mm-hmm. so what's the difference between a fan and a super fan oh i mean i think it's just people who are kind of overly excited yeah. um i mean i think i've got i've got twenty three thousand followers on facebook and those are all fans but i think the super fans are the ones that are sending me lots of messages and commenting on things and sharing everything and wow Oh my God, I love you, Miss Audrey. This sort of so big emotional connection. Consistently yes, yeah. like following everything. Yeah, and I have a, a lot of them, which is really, really cool. And it's fun to interact with them. That's it's awesome. fun to, to message them back and forth and correspond with them. It's so cool, right? Like you just don't know why something like this happens, right? Yeah. Like from what you told me, it's just that you released your music video, Try. Yeah. And then you started doing the fan sign thing and that just somehow... Yeah, and the fan sign, it wasn't even my... I mean, it wasn't even my idea. It was some girl yeah. asking for it, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And from there, now suddenly you have so many super fans. Yeah. So this is amazing. It's yeah, very it's unexpected. Very yeah. yeah. So clearly you, you know, you love what you do. Is, mm-hmm. is there something that inspires you to be a great singer? Like what, what is it that drives you? really just my passion for music. I think it's just, it's the one thing that has been completely consistent since I was two years old is that I love music and I've had, I have lots of interests. I've had other interests and I have other passions that I've had over time, but music is the thing that I've just always loved. And so it, the, the idea of actually being able to have a career and just do that full time for my life is really inspirational to me. Okay. And I know it's hard, it's going to be hard. It has been hard and it's frustrating at times because there is so much out of your own control, but that's, that's definitely what drives me is just my, I love music. Did you go through a phase when you were sort of refreshing your Facebook video to see how many views you had on your video? Cause like before then you, it was, that was your first attempt at this, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, that music video was my first real, yeah. music video oh yeah absolutely I mean after I posted it yeah I mean I would or I actually what I would do is I'd go to before I would go to bed I'd screenshot my page to see number of fans and number of views and then wake yeah. up and see yeah. actually at, so at one point I was tracking it on an excel spreadsheet to see oh, wow. to growth. try to see yeah. if it was kind of exponential the growth so yeah. yeah so are there any aspects of working as a singer that you just do not like I really don't like that there is an element completely out of your control Mm. and there's nothing you can do about it. And you can, I'm doing everything I can to try to take as much of luck out of it, Mm. but no matter what, there's just always going to be an element 
that's out of your control. And it is very, that's very frustrating because I think in other industries, if I wanted to go into programming, I could just keep programming and get better at that. And then it's really, it's in your own hands. But this is something that there are, you know, whether it's the fans, are they going to like your music or the kind of power players in the industry that you, it's very, there's always going to be an element of luck. Yeah. And I wish it weren't that way. Yeah, no, definitely. And across all of this, which aspects do you find the most challenging? Mm. The most challenging, I think, is that there isn't a specific path to follow. Mm. And I've I've had meetings with different, uh, different, very powerful people in the industry who have been very positive. Oh, we love your stuff. This is great. You know, but we can't sign you until you have buzz. And it's that's kind of frustrating to hear because it's like, well, you're doing everything right, but it's something, you know, magic has to happen. And so that's, I think that's just something that's kind of challenging. No, definitely. But you got to just keep working and trying different things. And as a singer, I'm guessing you have to have a fairly long time horizon, right? Like you're thinking, what, 10 years, five years? Yeah. I mean, you know what? Rachel Platten is someone who, she's the, who wrote fight or who sings fight song. She's a big inspiration. I think she's in her 30s and has worked for it only in the last couple of years has has really blown up. And so you see someone like that who's worked hard for many years. And but it's it shows you, though, I think the people who succeed in anything, but I think in particular in music, are the people who don't give up. Yeah. And you just that's you just I just I'm just kind of prepared. I, I know it's going to be hard. I know there's still a long way to go. But I also uh it's great for me to see that I have come such a long way and there's still a long way to go, but it's, I think that's how that kind of keeps me going is seeing, seeing progress, even if it's, it's in little, as long as it's growing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have something like a backup plan? Does that ever, does a thought cross your mind? No. I mean, theoretically, obviously I think with the CS, CS degrees and an MBA, I'm, I'm obviously I, I could do something in that, but I'm really not, I, I know what I want to do and I think I just I know I wouldn't be happy not doing yeah. music so I'm going to keep keep working at it yeah. until I, I get you there. you need that passion and dogged determination yeah. in this yeah. Yeah. So have you found um, you know young singers or maybe even later on any common mistakes that people tend to make when they're trying to build their career as a singer? I think the biggest mistake is people thinking I'll move to LA and get discovered. Huh. That's really I think that's the uh, let me yeah move to LA I'll work as a waitress during the day and I'll sing shows and someone will discover me I've actually I have I have some friends that I have asked oh what's your plan post-graduation it's oh LA I'm hoping to get discovered and then which is like which is great and you know they're obviously very talented singers but there's millions of talented singers in the world and Mm -hmm. I think that's just a I think that's a, a naive way of looking at it and that's why I'm trying to do what I can to not just rely on that. Yeah. No, I mean that that's great because I mean I'm guessing LA is just full of people like that, right? Absolutely, and yeah. I have to go down quite a bit for various meetings or co-writes or recordings, and yeah, everywhere everybody wants to, which which is great. I think there's something really inspiring about being surrounded by a lot of creative people. So I definitely love going down there. But I think, and I, not to say that moving to LA is not a a good idea, but I think the idea that you'll just by being there get yeah. discovered is not. It's like you come to Silicon Valley and you'll make it big in tech, right? That's right. There's I mean. a lot more that goes into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's say that someone comes up to you and says, hey, Audrey, you know, you're so good. I want to become a singer myself. 
what qualities would you look for in a person to sort of have an idea that yes they can make it as a singer i'm gonna i'm gonna drop on elon musk for this actually so i uh i got to meet elon musk our, our my oh, really? class at wow. draper university got to meet him uh, I, I'm and a big fan. <laughs> he's great. Yeah, it was really cool. We got to go to the opening day of the Tesla Model S. It was great. But somebody asked him in my group, what would be your advice to someone who wants to be an entrepreneur? And his response was, my advice would be don't do it. <laughs> and I thought it was really, it's really stuck with me because I think it, I think it, it, the same goes for singing. If you, if you want to be a singer, I guess don't do it unless you really know 110% that that's what you want to do then you shouldn't even bother because it's not going to just happen. I think you just have to have such a fire that you're not going to give up no matter what. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting in this, in this discussion is that you focus so much of the discussion on the business and the marketing aspect, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I guess it's almost like your art is sort of a given. Like, of yeah. course you have to have that. Like, you can't even think of becoming a singer unless sure. you can sing, mm-hmm. maybe write songs. But then the business piece and the marketing piece and the branding piece is almost sort of Almost yeah. like, you know, like a bigger portion of the whole thing. Yeah, that's actually interesting. You That reminds me of uh, a really powerful moment um, with Mark, my my mentor. This was after, last summer actually, after our, I, we did, a, actually went to Draper University to, with my band to do a performance to celebrate the release of my album. And uh, the performance went really well. The sound system at the venue wasn't that perfect. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, Mark asked if I'd come if I would come over uh, and he could talk to me about something. And so I went to his house and he had he had this big white sheet of paper and a pencil waiting for me. And he told me to draw a big horizontal line and a, and a whole bunch of vertical lines across the page. And he started from one end and said, okay, everybody on this side of this vertical line is a great singer. And then kind of incrementally moved down and said, okay, and everybody on this side of this vertical line is not only a great singer, but is also a great songwriter. And then next, we're kind of moving incrementally down. Everyone here is also really powerful at branding. And, and you know, everyone on this side of this line, as you move down, is has, you know, perfect sound systems at all of their, oh, at all of their venues. And so kind of his point was, you know, the sound system was really good, but it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. And it's the idea of every little bit counts. So I think in terms of the, the way that you can yeah, yeah I think it's just so important to it is definitely if you're a great singer that is a necessity but it, the people who it just make gets it you in so the of people thing, right yeah. I think the people who make it are the people who have all of those little things and the, the numbers go get smaller and smaller the people who have all of those qualities so that that was a really that was I think a really a pretty powerful moment for me um and it's a kind of a wake up call with, you know, I've been doing things right, but it's like everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Every little, every teeny little thing you can do to get, get to get ahead yeah. when it's so competitive, you need to do. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because it's, it's almost like, I think as, as an outsider, you're like, she or she's a great singer. So of course they made it big, like Adele, she's a great singer. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's a lot more that went into mm-hmm. it, yeah. uh, which is sort of not obvious to someone outside. Yeah, so basically your advice would be, unless you're sort of crazy about this and are slightly crazy yourself, don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And is there, you know, let's say someone comes up to you and says, okay, yes, Audrey, I I just can't imagine not doing it. Right. What's a good way to start? So as you were saying, the thing you need is the, you do need the art part of it. So I think the best way to start is you have to you've just got to be writing Hmm. constantly writing. It's not enough to just have like 10 or 20 songs. You need hundreds of songs. So 
writing every day. And, and it's actually interesting because I'm, I always thought it was actually a given that you had to be a songwriter to make it as a singer. And interestingly, a lot of people that I meet with are kind of like just very surprised that I have written the songs. And so I, I don't think I realized just how much of a benefit it is to be a writer in addition to a singer. So I think my, yeah, my advice to someone who's a singer would be work on honing in your songwriting because then you have something be, there's so many amazing singers out there and that's, that's a, the people who are great singers and can write too, it's a huge jump. And then you also have something to show if you're going to try to pitch yourself to an agent or a producer or something, you actually have, you actually have a real product rather than just a voice, just which, a voice, yeah. which you're, even if you have the best voice in the world, still there are lots of people That's with great hard, voices. Yeah. But I think, yeah. and I think, and I, I will get, actually, I get asked, I get asked for advice on people a lot, by people a lot of, um, about how do you write a song. And sure there are, I mean, there's obviously ways to write a song, but I think the best way to start is to just do it. It's a skill like anything else. And so, uh, you're not going to be good at it when you start. You just have to sit down and write. And it takes effort. It takes mental energy. It takes time. So just sit down and write a song. The first song you write is probably not going to be very good because you're just starting out just <laughs> like the first song you play on piano is not going to be very good. But by just continuing to do it, you just get better. It's a, yeah. it's a skill you, you, that you have to just work at. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that you try and write every single day, mm -hmm. right? Do you have a schedule? I don't have a schedule, actually. I think there's something for me as a creative person, I work better not having a schedule hmm. that's one of the things I think that I like the best about being able to do my music currently is especially this summer without school is I'm totally on my own time and so I think it you know perhaps for someone who's not kind of self-motivated that would be tough for me though it works great because I I, th I think you need you need to work when you're inspired and I'm, I spend, you know, I'm working full time, working till late into the night, but I can work when I, when it works for me and, yeah. and yeah, you're the master yeah. of your exactly. And yeah. I tend to be, I'm on a very bad sleep schedule, which I really need to change. I tend to be wake up late and go to bed really late, but it works for me very well because if I'm working on something, maybe, you know, I'll stay up till 3am working, but I actually get my, maybe it's the programmer in me. I get my best work done very late at night, but I don't have to worry about, oh, I need to force myself to, to call it, call it a night early because yeah. I have school in the morning or something like that. I yeah, know that's great. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Actually, most programmers tend to be night people. I don't know why. I think we just, it's just the way it is. You have, you have to be, you're not a real programmer until you stay up till 4am. <laughs> All right. So we have a few more questions from listeners. So there's one, it's a little long, Mm -hmm. but it's an interesting question so this guy says that all artists perform or display something through their art that has a deeper meaning than the day-to-day -day monotonous life a little aspect of life through which they wish to connect with the audience's feelings emotions the basic human functions that are present in everyone like in your song try also the lyrics say i try even though that's not what i really really want what do you yourself learn reflect from it yourself if anything at all all artists, apart from being popular, also wish to leave a deeper mark on their fans. So what would be that in your case? Okay, that's a long question. <laughs> I think though, I think, I think my answer to that would be, I, I, I write both for myself and for other listeners. So using my song Try as an example, that's obviously drawn from a personal experience. And so I think I'm able to put in a lot of emotion and, uh, and, context uh through that but 
I also think I try to not make my songs too specific that someone else can't relate to it. I think there's something really powerful about someone else being able to listen to the song and having their own interpretation. So I think that's one of the things that's interesting is I think great songs can be interpreted in multiple ways. So try might mean one thing to me, but something else to someone else. Yeah. So, I mean, do you ever think about it when someone is listening to your song? What would you want them to feel? I, yeah, I definitely, uh, I mean, I want them to feel something powerful. I, I, I definitely have in mind kind of an emotion that I want to evoke, but I want to them to be able to draw that emotion from their own hmm. experience. And that's been something that's exci- that's been exciting uh, in particular from my Try Music videos, hmm. getting comments from people, oh my gosh, this describes my life perfectly or something like that. And so I think that's an exciting feeling when, when I'm able to actually touch someone emotionally with my songs. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, and I think there are a few more questions, but we touched on most of them. There's one on, well, this one is interesting. So the question is that the singer-songwriter profession is an extremely high visibility profession with a very public and very strong legacy. Mm-hmm. In such a space with well-defined conventions, how do you deal with the expectations of and the reactions of how you're, you know, when you release a music video or a song, how is that received? How do you deal with that? I mean, I definitely, upon growing as a singer, have to think, I do have to think about everything that I post and what kind of image I'm portraying. But I think the neat thing for me is that the brand and the image that I'm trying to portray is really authentic to who I am. So I don't have to, I I am a naturally positive and wholesome and happy person. And so I don't really have to think too much or worry too much about visibility because I'm just being myself. So it's not like you have to sort of, oh, I'm out there in front of people or let me think through if if this is the right post or not. Not really. I mean, I, I definitely still do try to, think it through and make sure everything I do is on brand, but it's not really, it, I haven't found it limiting at all. Yeah. But I, I, I think about it because I do want to make sure I have a well-defined brand, but I don't, yeah, it hasn't, it, it, as I said, it's authentic to who I am. So there's yeah. not really anything I have to try to filter, I guess. Which I think is great in your case, because that can be so tiring. After oh, I can't while, imagine. Right? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Audrey. This is amazing. Is there any other advice, anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, I could tell you the story about my music video, actually. Oh, sure. that'll be yeah. That'll be fun. So my music video was interesting. So I talked a little earlier about knowing when to do it on your own and when to outsource, I think. And so I actually have done, I, I, do, I have a lot, of, a lot of hobbies. So I really like, uh, I like making videos. And so I had initially thought I'd make my music video on my own. And so uh, I guess it was, yeah, last, beginning of last summer, I came up with the concept for my Try Music video and found a couple friends, a friend to be in the video and a friend to film it. And we tried to film the whole video ourselves. And we finished filming it and it looked really good, but it wasn't it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't Taylor Swift quality. I keep using that term, but really she's the one I have to I guess, measure against. But it wasn't Taylor Swift quality. And so I thought, okay, I, if I really want to compete at that level, this is an area where I need to priority where the quality isn't to a level that is acceptable enough so I actually need to outsource it and so I ended up finding actually it was a kind of funny story was when I was meeting with Greg this marketing person at NetPulse they had happened to have a subset of their company called Virtual Active which made videos for fitness machines that were kind of movement if you watch my video it's all on a steady cab meaning it's 
That's traveling right. yeah, through yeah. the house. Yeah. And so uh, Greg was like, oh, you should talk to these people. Maybe they'll have some ideas. I went and met with the people and told them the concept. And they were very inspired and said, whoa, this sounds awesome. We want to work with you. So I ended up working with these people. And it was a really crazy, the music video shoot was a crazy experience. I'd never been on that kind of like a large, like real professional video set before. Um, managed to get, actually my neighbor's son is a professional actor uh, with San Francisco Shakespeare. And so wow. he was in my music video as my co-star. I think he did a fantastic job. So I Oh, that's who he is. Okay, go ahead. That's who he yeah. is. He's great. Um, and so I had him and it was, the experience was crazy. We had two very full days of shooting. We had a, you know, 6am call time for hair and makeup, uh, you know, do all that costumes, whatever, lots of planning, uh, didn't realize just how kind of to a T everything has to be planned with a music video because you're, you know, if you're working by the hours, you're hiring a crew, it was like a 12 person crew. So big crew of people. Uh, a lot of sitting around, interestingly, uh, because they, yeah, there's very much, we'd film a shot, we'd film a scene, and then it would be a large chunk of time, then maybe an hour, getting ready for the next scene. Actually, everything that you don't see on the camera, everything around the camera is just different sorts of lights. They're lighting the outside, they're just getting it absolutely perfect. So there's just this, it was just, yeah, it was just kind of a crazy uh, crazy day, a crazy two days Dude, of shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was really, yeah, that was a very interesting, uh, experience. I think another, another kind of side note that was, uh, when I talk about outsourcing and quality versus quantity, it's obviously very expensive to make a music mm. video. Yeah. And so one thing that I did actually, because I did have experience in video making was I bartered some of my own skills in video production with the company oh, to reduce the post-production oh, costs. Wow. Yeah. So I think, kind of, yeah, it's just, I, I, you know, trying to think, I'd be scrappy, I guess, and yeah. think outside the box a little, but yeah, so it was a very interesting, the, the music video. And then of course, then there's all the post-production. So then I think that they did obviously special effects of having yeah. the uh, colorizing and having the photos come to life and yeah, all yeah. of that so no thank you so much for sharing that and uh, was it a conscious decision on your part to have a video as well as an audio because mm-hmm. technically you could do just with audio right? yeah yeah absolutely that was a well, was a piece of advice I'd received from a number of mentors of mine was that music videos are big because people are visual and that's something I've found with actually in my social media posts I I actually never post anything that's just text I always attach a video or an image mm-hmm. but people are visual people and so and and things that you never really hear about a song going viral it's always yeah, a video really. and so and I don't think people I've, I don't think I've ever seen someone share just a song yeah, on Facebook or anything yeah. so yeah and I think also on top of that by having a visual element you just it just taps into more area you can have a, a bigger yeah. emotional connection it taps yeah. into your visual not just For your sure. especially yeah. your target audience right where yeah. you know they're heavy on instagram and yeah. youtube and snapchat mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah yeah so then the actually the music video i'm currently working on actually um is something i am trying to do myself that i'm i am actually for my computer science master's degree um, which I will be finishing up in December. I've been I worked doing an independent study with my advisor, developing a, a technology, coding a technology to use in my music video. So, oh, wow. which is really exciting for me to actually so be cool. using my computer science uh, for. What is that exactly? Uh, I haven't released it yet, but it's basically it's like a it's hard to describe, but it's basically a like a mosaic. So if you see like a, if you would zoom into a picture and. Hmm. 
uh, to reveal that it, all the pixels are other little. So it's a video, basically oh, a video version. So you zoom into a video and all the pixels are oh, there. So that's so cool. Yeah. So it's exciting to. It's I, one thing that I, is very exciting to me is being able to take not just music, but music, business, and tech are yeah. three of my big passions, and and to actually combine together. them together. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, I definitely a lot of people are you know, when they ask, oh, what are you doing with your MBA? And I say, I'm going to be a, try to be a pop singer. I, there's some confusion often, but it really, really, truly my CS and business and music all, I've, yeah. I guess I've found a way to put them all together, yeah. which is really exciting. No, I mean, ultimately it's a business. So is there some, I mean, you don't have to share the specifics, but at what point in time does being a singer become financially, you know, viable? I mean, you don't have to be like big time making money. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's hard. I, I, I don't, I guess I don't really know yet. I mean, you'll make some money from, you can make money from different ways. I mean, you can make some from iTunes and stuff. The really, when you're making it big, it's from touring. And so that's hard because that's really just kind of the very top percent of people. I think with, you know, everything's online nowadays. So you're never really, even the top, top singers, I don't think are making really that much on Spotify, iTunes stream. So it's, to really, to really be making it big, uh, big money, you kind of need to make it. Yeah. But I think there are other there are other ways to do it. I mean, yeah, you can like get money from live shows. Again, if it's not a big tour, it's not going to be that much. You can get, you can actually one. I think one one thing that is an interesting area is um, doing syncs, and a sync is like a placement of a song in a TV ad oh, movie. So that's yeah. something that I am. Into, that I've been looking into because that's what you can you can get a good paycheck from that even even as just the songwriter so actually write there's a lot there's actually quite a bit of money I think in writing not just the singing, singing okay. so hence the I think the importance of being a writer too but you okay. can if you get a song of yours that you wrote placed in a tv show then you can so make a lot would, that. that would be I guess like a, at least a couple of thousand dollars right yeah, I think it would depend on what how big kind the show, of show is. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, so that's something I'm, I'm looking at. But yeah, the, the tricky thing, as I've said before, is there's just so many different things yeah. you can be doing. So right now, I think I'm focused more on just uh, not not really worrying about that for now. Yeah. At yeah. some point, you got to worry about that, but not worrying about that for now. Just trying to, you know, give myself goals and try yeah. different things and. And work hard and see. Yeah, right. Just like focus on your mm-hmm. songwriting and getting stuff out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, Audrey. This was really, really good. Uh, yeah, thank we you. Have, yeah, th- it went a little bit over time, but mm-hmm. uh, really helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. So that was Audrey on what goes into building a career as a singer. And I think it is clear that she is very, very passionate about what she does. She absolutely loves it. And I guess that's absolutely necessary in a profession like this. And I think what's even more evident is that not only do you have to be a great singer to make it as a singer, but you also have to have an interest in all of these other more business oriented aspects. Anyway. I really hope you enjoyed today's discussion and found it helpful. And of course, if you have any questions at all for Audrey or for me, you can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com. You can follow us on Twitter at LED underscore curator or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learneducatediscover. You can check out our website at learneducatediscover.com where we are currently offering a number of very interesting packages for all of our listeners. And of course, if you enjoy what we are doing, if you like our podcast, you can subscribe to the show. 
You can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. Simply search for Learn, Educate, Discover and you'll find us and then you can hit subscribe. And while you're at it, leave us a review. It really means a lot. To learn more about Audrey's music, you can check out her website at audreyismusic.com. You can also find her on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash audreyismusic. Maybe there you can check out her super fans also who sound very, very interesting. You can also find her on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash audreyismusic. To hear her song Try and rest of the songs from her album Colors, simply search for Audrey Colors on iTunes or Spotify or Pandora. And now, let me leave you with a short clip from Audrey's latest song, Try. But I